Hi everyone, you have tuned into Zach Girl, Jenna Carasoa on Anchor FM. I'm here on my YouTube channel streaming as well as my Facebook Live. Hello everyone. Um, I hope at whatever point in time you're consuming this content, if you're reading the overviews, which I'm behind, sorry. Uh, if you're streaming or hearing this on FM, on Anchor FM, I hope you're having a good day or night or evening or whatever. Um, like I said, I'm that girl, Jenna Carasoa. If you want to check out some of my short TikTok videos, I'm there, as well as Blogspot through Google, which is really awesome, a great feature. If you want to write a blog, definitely recommend Blogspot. I'm enjoying it. Um, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. So with that, let me give you a quick recap of what we talked about yesterday. Um, I kind of mentioned a little bit about eye health and the wonderful things within nature that can actually help regrow, um, um, reproduce your body's natural um, adult stem cells that help rebuild things in your body and it can help improve eyesight. So I was suggesting that you look into some things. Um, I need to get the title of the company I first heard about that um, really helps with that. But there's a lot of things out there on the market already. And I encourage you to do some more research because screen use, um, I think, is a link to poor eyesight in the future. And with things changing, um, for the young people, the college age, high school students, um, think about how you can protect yourself now at a young age. Just get in the habit of looking at what things can really help my body. So. I health. Um, I also talked about fear factor and how people use different tactics to relay information or convey it or to get a point across or is it to keep people within um, a certain frame of mind like within religious or government. Um, where's the healthy balance between guilt, um, shame, or actual practical information like at a certain point when you're learning something new sometimes it does frighten you and disturbs you but it doesn't mean that you live you're living in constant fear what it means is you were that bit of information caused that much of an impact on you that you took it seriously and that little bit of fear or trauma whatever percentage it was was enough for you to understand the seriousness of something um, so finding the balance of learning something how do you convey um, respect? Because once you understand the rules, you can respect it, but you don't have to live in fear. And so that's what I was discussing yesterday on yesterday's podcast on the 16th. Um, it was titled, Talk About the Future in Past Tense. So if you want to hear more of that, that was from yesterday's podcast, September 16th, 2021. Um, and then I talked briefly about um, an experience back in high school with the um, good old patriarchy coming there reminding us that we got to keep our windows clean and women I don't know why I had to be women but um, I'll have to expound a little bit more on that as well um, it's a continuing thing a process not necessarily saying that women are limited to that but it's more of a mental thing the small details that we kind of gloss over in life think oh, it's not a big deal oh, it's not a big deal sometimes these little small things you know they become a big deal they, they build up they add up so that's all I kind of wanted to get with that um, I didn't really add that detail at the end pretty much it's not so much women are expected to do this this should be for every person and he clearly was being really disrespectful and being a jerk um, but we can still take some lessons from people even people we don't like even jerks, yeah, we can learn things from our enemies. At least we should try to. So, with that, let me go on and get to the nitty-gritty of today's discussion. I have a couple of heavy topics. One about happiness and one about homelessness. So, kind of get ready. With that, though, let me just go ahead and talk about the homelessness issue happening um, across the country, and more so in the lovely state of California where I live. I am a huge fan of the state for various reasons. The area where I live in particular is pretty awesome because um, pretty much like we, we, we produce like a large amount of the country's produce, which is kind of like awesome, like if you appreciate produce, 
it's, it's, you know, came from, probably came from my state, at least one part of, you know, my area. Um, they make jokes, you know, Californians are full of fruits, nuts, and flakes. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm definitely on the flaky side, that's for sure. I've been called some racist slurs, um, a flaky, and then jig, and I'm not going to continue with that word. But I've been called that before, because I didn't give out pics, and I'm just like, now I'm a flaky jig. So, yeah, stuff like that. Um, there is so much variety here. I've recently experienced my first winery recently. Justice, come here. Sorry, my dog's trying to make a little bed and she keeps scratching and it's really thing. I'm trying to talk. Sorry. So I recently went to a for the very first time. Um, I usually enjoy going to the coast periodically. So, um, and there's also the, um, I think there's like three natural or, yeah, national forest in pretty much my backyard. Not essentially, but you know, a two hour drive isn't too bad to see the, you know, some big trees, you know, Yosemite. Um, and the Sierra Nevadas, Nevadas, the um, sequoias. So there's lots of variety in things here, and the people, the food, the culture, um, different things, more recreational um, vices are available as well. So great distilleries and microbreweries, and um, yes, lots and lots of variety. I'm slowly trying to, um, I guess, blog and talk more about the food and the variety. Because there's just so much you just can't keep up, and it's just amazing. So, with all the positive, there also comes unfortunate downsides. And um, one of the issues is um, it's just really expensive to live here for lots of reasons. And the money's not getting, you know, appropriately distributed. And the incentive to work and work hard has been completely um, hindered for lots of reasons. But... We're not going to focus on all of the reasons. I'm just going to focus seriously on the largest symptom of the problems, which is the homelessness epidemic. And it's really unfortunate that we, there's so many people sitting on so much things, and then there's so many people who don't have anything. And we're trying to figure out where, what happened to the balance. Um, but at the same time, Trying to understand the mindset of a person who is living um, from house to house, living in a vehicle, living in a hotel, or living essentially on the streets. Before we can actually address the problem, we need to ask ourselves, um, do we have the same solution in mind to fixing the problem? That's, And do we... Before that, I should say, I'm trying to find the best way to express it so it makes sense the first time you hear it. So give me a moment. Before we can actually execute the plan to help the people, are we in agreement of who the people are and why they deserve to get the help? Like, do you... If you realize there's a problem, and we need to find a solution to the problem, before we can find the solution, though, are you trying to get the solution because you consider these people a complete nuisance and a complete hindrance and you don't like them and you just got to take care of the vermin? Do you view that as the solution and that's why you want to fix the problem? Or do you see it as these people are people and they're going through various hardships and we need to find the best way to care for them um, and get them into a better position in life, regardless of how they ended up in that position. So, I hope those two dynamics make sense. Before we can find the solution and fix the problem, are we in agreement of how we perceive or um, view the problem and the crisis? Because you've got three different classes here. You have people who are completely, like, taking advantage of the system. They do not care to work. They don't want to work. They are simply living off free handouts. They are content to live off the land. They don't have any responsibilities. They're completely entitled and think, hey, you know what, if I'm getting free food and free drugs and I'm not going to get apprehended by the cops and I'm comfortable living this way, living simply, you know, that's, that's kind of irritating when you have people who are like, I could work, but I just don't want to, and I'm going to get free food and everything. That's very, very frustrating. Not even going to deny that. There's plenty of people like that. Um, 
you know, so that need to get through problems and get on and figure it out. So that's what we're talking about. And then you have people there who are genuinely struggling with severe mental illness. They're battling some stuff that it is hard for them to function in quote unquote normal society, whatever that means. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a whole nother hour topic. But there are people who are struggling to, you know, to function because um, they've got so many various issues. Um, you want to call it addictions or demons or trauma or split personality or just manic depressive where they, they have no will to live and they're completely just whatever. We don't know what the issues are specifically, but there are some people who just need a place to go where they are, hey, you have to stay here and we'll care for you and you don't have to worry about the money and situations like that. And then we have people who um, have been wounded physically and they've got physical disabilities and it is limiting their ability to work and sustain themselves and because um, different reasons and sickness in society they're not getting the appropriate resources um, you know a lot of people who have been in wars veterans um, and also a lot of those come with the, the mental struggles but sometimes it's just physical things and they just kind of get brushed over because they are, you know, natural born leaders or heroes. They're very, very independent and resilient. They can live off the land. They can be homeless and they can just make it work. Um, if they had another choice, I'm sure many of them would prefer having a place of shelter of their own, but they've learned to adapt. So you've got different types of people who are homeless. Um, you have some, um, I'm sure, that are being held against their will. There are some who are, you know, pretty much being enslaved into that lifestyle. Um, you have families, mothers who are trying their hardest and they've got children in school. And every it's very expensive to live or to keep down, you know, the paying the first and last month's rent and all those the other things that come with it and renter's history and credit score. Very, very challenging. So I've heard stories about children that have been like, you know, living in hotels or living in cars and um going to schools where they're able to get cleaned up and get the resources that they need to function and then um, pretty much sleep at night wherever they could find a place to sleep. Um, I also heard another extreme case where um, the daughter didn't really know what was going on at the time but she found herself you know pretty much homeless at age 16 and just managed to get by with you know friends sleeping at different friends house and um, picking up after-school jobs and then kind of surviving so you have so many different stories and reasons and aspects and contributing factors to the homelessness crisis and as we've experienced what happened with the um, economic downfall in 2008 and um, they're predicting another one's going to happen, and we're already seeing a surplus of that crisis um, in major California cities. So, with that being said, that's just the intro to this segment about the homelessness um, situation. So, before we go any further, it needs to be a consistent consensus, essentially, as to why, what is your motivation for taking care of this problem. The problem, so what, what exactly is the problem with being homeless? There's plenty of people who live off the grid, who live, you know, in the mountains. They have found a way to live and sustain themselves. There's nothing, um, I think when we say homelessness, it's usually always with a negative connotation, but there are some people who genuinely are living without a, a home or that one permanent residence, and they're perfectly happy and content to just live that way. And I'm like, cool, that's, I'm, I wish I could get to that point, you know, we'll see what happens. But um, for the overwhelming majority, the homelessness problem is where it comes with sanitation. Um, we have a system set up and built up to keep our roads and our streets and our community safe, free from, you know, the human waste. And believe it or not, that situation is something that is has already been handled. We've already been able to take care of this problem. like. This is what makes, or at one point in time, made um, Western culture and civilization um, a little bit higher on the priority, or not priority, on the higher of the um, the quality of life, simply because, you know, we, we there's good sanitation and everything, and the hand washing, 
Um, that is very, very, you know, commonplace in the West and something that has been able to eradicate lots of things, lots of plagues and things, and reduction of the spread of germs and bacteria. So we already had that pretty much taken care of, and now with the homelessness crisis, that's sanitation is not, you know, not being taken care of. Um, the thing is, yeah, we bring in rodents and different bugs, the, um, the amount of abuse, physical abuse, assaults, you know, um, people getting robbed and beat up. You don't have any privacy or safety. Um, hearing about the women getting assaulted, is, is, it's a different ball of wax when it comes time for um, women in this, in this situation. Um, but speaking of that, before I go any further, um, I do want to touch on this as well, because I watched one little story about one, um, a group of women who were homeless, you know, different women, um, but it was a segment. And one of the ladies, she, by her own admittance, this is where we can see some of the frustration, or we don't understand. She said that she knew where the resources were, and she could... But at this point in her life, she was going through some things where she just didn't want to function in society. She just she would rather sit on the city streets with her friends and ask for money. And the question specifically was for that segment was, you know, should we, um, or how is it being a woman that's homeless and dealing with your time of month? And, you know, they were explaining how they pretty much managed to get through that period of time and the dangers and risks of it, um... And just having to ask for money or wait for you know a place to get the resources, um, it's you know again a completely different discussion or sub discussion within this discussion about the homelessness problem. But it's one of the things though. She said that she was at that point not ready in her life to get off the streets for whatever reason. So the situation is going back to the original intent and motivation. Before we can actually solve these problems, why, what is it that, um, how, what is your motivation for fixing this issue? So, my argument, regardless of where your heart is, whether or not you care, if you just see them as like a nuisance, get them off the street, or if you see them like, hey, there's, they're humans, we need to help them and get them into a good place. It doesn't really matter. My argument is going to be, we might as well just jump ahead of it and nip it in the bud. Because regardless of what you think the problem is and how we, like, do these individuals deserve the help? Have they earned it? Or are we enabling their, their poor behavior? Um, let's just be real. If we can pick up on trend and what's going on in the country right now, my argument is we might as well just jump the gun and start, you know, fixing the problem. It doesn't really matter what the reason is, why you're homeless. We need to make accommodations. And it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be um, some huge, like, undertaking, like, we need to just accept the fact that the way that the country is changing right now, the way that it's collapsing the, the, the economy, it's, you know, the whole thing with inflation, giving out all the stimulus money, just keep pumping the money. This, I don't know where all this money is coming from. The markets are all screwed up right now. Housing market value is just through the roof. But anyways, it's going to be a matter of time before this thing blows up the bubble. And... The value of the dollar is not going to have very much worth anymore, and things are going to be changing with the different vaccination mandates and the um, employee situation with getting your employee or getting approved for work for different reasons. Um, there's so much changing, you know, drastically, rapidly. How many places are experiencing severe, you know, weather? There's places with earthquakes. There's just extreme natural disasters and we haven't even hit official fall season okay so pretty soon we're going to be in flu pneumonia rhinovirus rsv bronchitis 
all these upper respiratory infections. And then we still have the pandemic going on too, but there's still other respiratory infections going on. Like I know one of my sons had to deal with bronchitis a few times and a good friend of mine has just got done having RSV. So we have all these other flus and colds and pneumonias hitting the country, like all of those. And then they're going to be coming up with the different COVID numbers as well. You know, that's, that's still going around all the different strains and variants. So there's going to be a lot taking us out, like really, really distracting us, keeping us sick and hindered or keeping us distracted. The resources, the food, like, you know, the distribution to the resources. I'm just saying, like, we might as well just accept that things are going to be changing. People are, are going to be homeless. There's going to be a crisis of, like, we need to house people. Regardless if you consider them to be, like, some type of, um, I don't know. I don't want to use the word, but that's, that's how some people would see them. Like, you know... Pretty much, they are the um, the vermin, the trouble, the problem, the scourge of the world. Or other people see them as, like, you know, we're all God's children. It doesn't really matter the circumstances. We need to reach out and help. At this point, it's, it's there. It's a situation here. It's going to probably get worse. So instead of, like, debating, do these people deserve our help? In the long run, I think it's a public health emergency. Clearly, I mean, like, if you're talking about the amount of assaults and sexual assaults, the amount of drugs, ODs, sanitary issues, it doesn't really matter what your motivation is, is it, there's a problem. So jump the gun, start building shelters, homes, the tiny house, tiny home projects. You can live off electricity. These people do not need electricity. You could have some charging stations. You could make a woman's facility, a single woman's facility, a whole bunch of these tiny home projects. You've got individual little small washing machines that don't take electricity. You've got lots of things that don't take electricity. They've got solar-powered things that will boil water. There's solar-powered resources. Um, I'm going to bring out the AOC a little bit hippie in me, but if you can create a little bit of a safe shelter that's not super expensive, but if we can seriously get people who will just donate resources, donate the supplies, donate something, time and labor, we can teach our students, our high school students, we can teach them how to build these homes, how to build them up perfectly and efficiently, affordably, and we could make up an encampment for um, or a section, or section, or a department, and a location for just you know for young single women, another one for men, another one for women and children, and we can talk about one for families, you know, and have it as a halfway or a temporary thing, a transitional process to get people into permanent homes. Um, if they, I don't know, there's a lot of things that could be discussed about how this needs to be happened because you know we also have a crisis at the border, we have people trying to flee other parts of the of the world, or of the continent, of, of the um, continent of America, they're trying to get to the United States for safety and refuge. And then we have refugees crisis going on um, in Afghanistan still. There's a lot of people flooding into the country who are going to need help and going to need resources. And instead of us sitting here fighting and saying, well, you don't deserve it, and you don't get to come here, or you, know, you haven't worked for it, or this is our country, we, gotta, we have to abandon that thought. Right at this point, it doesn't really matter because everyone is going to suffer. Everyone is going to have to deal with the public health crisis of the unsanitary conditions, which spreads, you know, germs and bacteria. It spreads, you know, vermin, actual like rats and infestation of mice and lice and just all these different things. Um, I heard the plague was coming back and like scurvy and stuff like that. You know, it's like, what happened? And I understand that people are going to be taking advantage. We understand that um, some people, quote unquote, may not deserve it. The thing is, though, um, you do need a set of rules and regulations and um, certain things like that. But it's not as if there's not enough people out there who are saying, okay, this needs to change and this is what we need to do with it. We can equip so many young people with skills and trades and teach them and offer 
some potential solutions for shelter for people. And it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be living using electricity. Um, it could be a simple um, person could stay here for a week and then after that, or it could be like, I don't know. There's so many ways, but I just wanted to bring that up um, because it's really frustrating. I, didn't, I don't want to, um, you know, make anyone feel terrible or bad for enjoying their home and their things. There's nothing wrong with enjoying what you've worked for. There's nothing wrong with you enjoying your home and everything that you have put into. That's what this world is about. Like you work and then you earn something and then you get to enjoy it. I mean, in the Bible, it says all throughout the Bible, like, you know, um, Paul talks about a man or being, um, if you don't work, you don't eat. It's in all through the Proverbs and the Psalms. Um, a man is worth his wages. You know, even with pastors, you should, you know, make sure that they have a living. He, Paul, had um, a trade. He was a tent maker, I believe. So he was able to work and um, also be an apostle and do his thing. So there are some people who, um, they, they do public service and other people do help them. But there's also just a good old-fashioned basic black and white principle where it's like, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to work and build and create and enjoy. Enjoy it. Like, it's a blessing to enjoy a good meal with family and friends. Is it? You were supposed to, That's why God said on the seventh day you're supposed to rest. He made the world, right? He created everything. And on the seventh day he rested. So you're supposed to, like, kick back and enjoy your life. And that's what I want, one of the things, though, talking about homelessness, and my next segment is going to be about happiness. Um, finding the balance of, like, what motivates you to do what you do, what makes you happy. And I know there's plenty of people who don't have homes, and they are perfectly happy and content with what they have. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we do talk about the bigger cluster and then the, the public health concerns. So... Again, finding the balance, realizing that every person who has worked, you know, please, like, not to make, try to make anyone feel guilty for their things, but it's just, like, finding the delicate balance. So, with that, people running away from other countries, so we need to really figure out a way to get to work together and offer something. So... Coming back to the issue of happiness, though, and this one's probably going to be a little bit lengthy as well, only because this is something that has been discussed and debated and talked about for a very, very long time. I'm to the point now where I, um, I don't particularly enjoy having an unpopular opinion, but... <clears throat> Um, this is where I'm kind of like, maybe, like, hopefully, um, we'll see. We'll see. If, um, I'll just put it out there and see what you guys think. So I keep saying things about, um, you can't find, um, like, or you won't be happy with someone else until, like, you're happy with yourself or you find your own happiness or your own internal happiness Something like that. Things like that. where, um, Or if you expect someone else to make you happy, then that's being selfish. Or you can't rely on others or money or this, that, and the other to make you happy. And that you should search for happiness in life. And a lot of people say their goal in life is to be happy. And that's great. Okay, so my thing is, when it comes time for happiness... Why is happiness the goal? What is happiness and what does it actually look like? Because if that's, if you're going off the feeling of happiness, then that is not going to stick around and stay. I understand that that's what everyone wants. And there's moments in time where you'll just be very, very happy. Like generally speaking, you'll be in just a good mood and high spirits. And there's a lot of reasons for that, and that's why I'm asking you now, you now, like, what does happiness look like? Does it always feel like you're in a good mood and everything's okay? Um, 
And also, I remembered um, post baby starting to take some additional supplements just to help my, my uh, boost my immune system. I was concerned about them, the virus going around during the pandemic in 2020. So I started taking a lot of supplements to boost my immune system. And what I discovered through that was just a miraculous uh, a mental awakening. Like I had so much mental clarity. Like I just felt like wow, I, I felt awake and like lifted up. And I just felt different and I had more energy. So to me, um, being in that type of headspace for a while contributed to the feeling of happiness. So I could say that I was feeling a sense of happiness and peace. I didn't always feel happy every day because, you know, I mean, I had a lot of children and, you know, wife duties, cleaning the house, all that stuff. So, um... But I would say, for the most part, I could say I was in a happy state, but I wouldn't say that I was necessarily always happy. So I can look back and think that time of my life, that particular time when I noticed the physical changes from improved health, looking back at that time period, I could say I was, I was happy then. But then there's things that happened in life that changed, and then I wasn't happy. You know, and, and the feeling of happiness isn't as frequent as it used to be. So, I know a lot of people talk about their goal in life is to be happy. And I'm like, what is... If the circumstances around you are preventing those things, those feelings from coming up, what is it that you do to make yourself happy? And to feel happy? Just think for a second, what do you do? Honestly, like, what do you do? So people talk about, I don't know, they go hang out with their friends, they do retail therapy, they, you know, go get the coffee with the ladies, or some tea, uh, go to the gym, exercise, get those endorphins going, um, go to the movies, go to the coast, travel, you know, that type of stuff. And that is, that's really awesome. But you know what's really interesting about that? To get those feelings of happiness going, like you, you, you have to do something. You realize that. Um, when you go to the gym, when you run, when you walk, um, what you're anticipating through the work is that feeling of happiness. You know, the drive and exploring, um, being in the fast car, you know, gets the endorphins going. Spending time with someone else gets those feelings going. If you're alone, um, Reading a book, you know, getting yourself entertained by a book or watching something on Netflix, you know, there's different things. But do you always stay in a state of happiness? So my position on this is the goal isn't really to be happy. The goal is whatever you're doing and while you're doing it, that is when the happy feelings come along. So that's because of my understanding when we read the Constitution and it says the pursuit of happiness, they're not saying that you deserve happiness. They're saying that you deserve the right to pursue to get to your happiness. And that's one little step I think many people skip out on. They leave out that detail. The Constitution is guaranteeing that you have the right to pursue your goals. So when you're working through a hardship or a problem, or if you're working towards anything, you don't necessarily always feel happy while you're doing it, but the feeling of accomplishment, the reward is the happy feeling, and that's what we want to hang on to. We want to hang on to that reward sensation, like, yeah, that feels good. This feels really, really good. That's what we're chasing for, the good sensations. But we oftentimes don't want to do the hard work to get there. So that's my take on happiness and what it actually is. You can call it a chemical exchange, dopamine or serotonin hits, whatever. But let us head back to the thing about finding happiness within yourself before you pursue someone, a relationship with someone else. So this is where, again, the hang-up is with me. I don't think you need to be happy. I think you need to be content 
with everything, even everything in your life, and be okay with it. I don't think you necessarily need to be happy. And that's the thing that I really irks me when they start using certain words inappropriately or incorrectly, I feel like. Make sure that you're completely okay. You're content. You're, you've dealt with some of your issues and your problems, right? And you've healed from your problems. But I don't think you necessarily need to be happy first. I think that's doing a disservice to people. Let's be real. And this is my example that I'm going to bring up. That some people might find a little bit controversy, but I guess I'm a controversial person. I'm just going to say, I mean, in the beginning, it says in the Bible, when God made Adam, he what did he say? Let us make man in our image. What is the Trinity? Did anyone read the Athanasian Creed? I posted the Athanasian Creed on my Facebook. And let me just say, you know what? The Trinity has always been there. And when he made Adam, when God made Adam, he flat out said it wasn't good for him to be alone. That's what he said. So the point that I'm trying to make is, I think we need to be very, very cautious when we tell people, when we give them advice about dating, when they're trying to fulfill their own self-happiness and generate the feeling of happiness before they will pursue someone else, assuming that oh, you need to be happy and I need to be happy. Not necessarily. And the, the reason why, here's, my, here's the, that, the third aspect of this argument. Again, thinking about what actually generates the feeling of happiness is when you're doing something, right? When you are planning and you're anticipating and you're like, yes, I'm going to go do this great thing and it, and it was fun and it was exhilarating. When you are trying to have a relationship with someone, what you want from that person isn't necessarily happiness. You want an opportunity to do something with that person together. You want someone to go alongside you on this journey. You want to have someone to work out the problem with and then to find the happiness together. Going to see a scary movie, going on a long walk, going on a road trip where the car breaks down and you have to walk three miles to the next gas station. You know, the movie, I got to talk about the movie Up and those ups and downs in life. But in all seriousness, I don't think it's selfish and I don't think it's wrong for a person to not feel happy but want to find someone else that they can have the potential to work through with someone else together to fulfill a goal and then acquire the happiness together. I don't think that's wrong. And there's lots of other cultures and religions and um, tradition backgrounds where they had the arranged marriages, you weren't in love, you didn't have the happy feelings, you decided to do what was right and good, you decided to do things in love, and then through the working together, the feelings came in. It wasn't immediate happiness. It was, hey, you know what? You have attributes I need. You have attributes I need. This is a good match. We like each other. We respect each other. We know the rules. We understand what we're getting into. Let's work on this journey of life together and come together and work through it. And then through the working of it, that is when the happiness comes. That's when the love feelings come more so than when you have the initial feelings or when you're trying to generate these happy feelings, but you don't understand what you're, what are you actually pursuing? You're just trying to feel happy, trying to feel happy in yourself alone, trying to say, I'm happy. Look at me. Look, I'm happy. I'm a complete person. It's like, I'm sorry. It's, for some people, yes, absolutely. That's good if you can do that. For others, I think we're like putting a lot of pressure on ourselves to feel happy rather than just being okay and content. Like, what's wrong with just being content? Like, I think that's what we, a lot of people are probably like content and they're saying, oh, I'm happy. I'm happy. You know, and I'm, it's like, Happiness is like, it comes, it comes and goes, you know? Um, 
I think if you can just go to a period of time where like, hey, I'm okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I don't think it's selfish to want to be with someone else with the expectation and anticipation of like going on a journey together, like working on something together, working towards a goal. So that's my um, probably my unpopular opinion when it comes time for the fancy word of happiness, the pursuit of happiness. You have the right to pursue your goals. And you know what? Some people might finish something and not feel happy. And then some people might like, hey, you know what? I planted my first vegetable garden and everything that I planted grew. And that made me really happy. I wasn't happy waiting when I was happy when I first saw that little seeds, you know, or that little um, spring of green. Things like that. It's not always, trust me, it's not always fun. But we definitely have the right to pursue it. Pursue the fun, to pursue the happiness. And I don't think it's selfish for a person who says, I'm not happy, but I want the potential to be happy with someone else. What's so wrong about that? And God knew that Adam wasn't going to be alone, and um, God in three persons, blessed trinity. So that's all I have to say about that. I hope you understand. Just simply understanding how do we actually achieve the happiness is what my argument is. So with that, so let me go ahead and transition off here. Um, but I do find it interesting that a lot of people who live off the grid or out of homes and hotels or cars or abandoned buildings or somewhere on the street or park benches, wherever you are, if you are homeless and you're happy, you know, props to you. If you are in a home and you're happy, props to you. If you're at home or you're homeless and you're content, props to you. Um, if you're severely depressed and upset and sad or angry, I am very sorry. Like I said, I'm, I do hope at any point in time people are having a good day or night or whatever. And I sincerely pray that you do feel better if you're not because it really sucks. I'm at a point in my life where I lean more on the side of contentment, a little bit of, um, a little bit of despondency every now and then when you realize like, wow, a lot of people really don't care. And I don't blame them for not caring because like, I got to tell myself, dude, I should care more because sometimes I don't care. And I'm like, I do care, but I'm like, I don't know why I'm wasting my time caring because they don't care. So why do I care? But I still find myself caring. I don't want to care. So that's my problem. Anyways, that's just, yeah, honest, raw truth of where my thoughts go sometimes. It's just like, what do you want to care? What do I care? And I'm like, oh, well, you know what? Honestly, I think it's it's, it's truly having the, the mind of Christ and the heart of Christ. That's, that's all that, you know, realizing that no one cares, but no, that's not true. That's not true at all. Thank you, Jesus, for reminding me. That's not true at all. And the fact that he cared about me to get my attention and bring me back here to where I can talk to you guys about issues. Okay, yep. And it always goes back to Christ. I'm like, yep. He does care. And that's why I keep talking about the garden. And I don't ever have any... I never grew up like a hippie, okay? But here I am espousing things like a hippie would. Like, we need to just like, simply just go back to the basics. Like, just live simply. It's not complicated. Um, um, actually, you know what? I, I take it back. I said this was going to be my closing, and it's not going to be my closing because I remembered something I saw earlier just now, talking about the simple things. Not only was I just completely in love with the winery, just simply being on the land, um, it was just realizing that the government will subsidize certain farmers for particular crops and products, um, but it's like, why is it so expensive to get certain produce in certain places and so much cheaper to get junk food? Or why is it that during the lockdowns they closed the gyms in certain places, but fast food places were still open, no problem, and all of these foods have been 
proven to be unhealthy for the average American diet, especially when, when people aren't working and they're not getting outside. So we're giving all of our mo money to these places that aren't providing healthy things for us, um, at least if the balance isn't there. So it's like, why is it that it's so difficult to get produce in certain parts of the country? And why is it so expensive? You would think <clears throat> if the government was really concerned about um, preventative health, I don't really talk much about preventative health, like the, vitamin, the benefits of vitamin D, outside sunshine. Um, I mentioned earlier a happy part of my life past year, 2020, was when I started taking additional supplement news. I started taking zinc, magnesium, vitamin D3, um, and some other things, personally, just because, um, you know, postpartum, and I was trying to get my immune system built up. Uh, there was also, please research this one extensively, please, all of them. Um, this is just what I did in my personal journey, and I noticed a change in my mental health. Like, I felt, my mind was just clear. I just felt more awake and more alert, but, um, one of them was I took um, a beet juice concentrate. Beet's really good for blood pressure. And then um, there's things like echinacea is really good. And nascent iodine. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of nascent iodine. You just need one little tiny drop. Not even that much. Um, iodine deficiency is, is actually pretty common. And it helps with, um, with radiation protection as well. Um, so and also protects the thyroid. Definitely do a lot of research on that stuff. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is, again, going back to happiness and um, homelessness, interestingly enough, that's definitely something that could be taken into it. Are the people that are homeless, are they getting their are there supplements? Are they getting nutrition? Or are they just getting junk? Because this is a contributing factor to preventative health and keeping people safe, especially as yes, the flu rhinovirus, bronchitis, bronchiitis, RSVP, RSVP, RSV, um, and the other pandemic strains are, that are going to be coming through. Um, the issue that I'm having now is the government keeps pushing certain things, per, certain treatments and regimens, and I'm like, okay, government, um, keep talking about the Green New Deal, you know, like, I'm, I'd am i be kind of on board of this Green New Deal if you would consider, like, can we get some more fresh produce to the people? Like, good, healthy stuff. Can we can we live off the land a little bit more and make the choices for our own health? That's 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 a question I want to have. And I don't think that's asking too much, only because it's like, let's just use our common, common sense here. Like, once upon a time, um, we would simply grab, like, an orange off a tree. And then we would peel the skin off, and then like the cute little orange would have a little wedges already prepackaged for you, and that thing was full of vitamin C, and it was really really healthy, a lot of antioxidants, good stuff for you, natural immune system fighters, you know. So it's quite amazing what just happens to grow naturally out of the land and what it's designed to do. Like I talked about the spirulina earlier, and um, other things. Um, still doing research on it. But other things that are designed to help your body produce the cells that is designed to help it fight off stuff. Like, it's amazing what your body can do once you give it an opportunity to actually do it. So, I've been talking about the longest walk this past week. And I'm just going to say, like, yep, we need to get back in PE class, take that long walk, clean our dirty glasses or our lenses, and um, just live a little bit simple. And let the simple things of life actually take over and um, transform you. That you know, from my personal experience, definitely them. What helped me with the happiness aspect was getting the more nutrition to the body. So, uh, my friend actually sent me a message today and reminded me about the benefits of vitamin D and um, yeah, and the absorption rate and helps with depression. So, if you want to talk about pursuing happiness. That is one of my biggest recommendations. Not so much the immediate happiness, but things based off an article I read recently. Um, it's I posted it on my Facebook page. I need to get one of those side by side so I can show you the articles as I'm reading them. But um, if you make plans for things that you know that was going to produce more happiness, you know, in the long run, it'll make you happier. But you have to sometimes figure out what it is that you need to do in order to get that and a lot of it it's just simply picking a goal saying this is what I'm going to do 
and the feeling of excitement and happiness elation will come through the process of work and that goes for pretty much everything in life if you think about it you know what is it Muhammad Ali he talked about how much he hated training and exercising and conditioning but you know he's he's so happy he did it because like you know he was a good fighter a lot of people have the same story like and just think about some of the best memories you have are when things have gone terribly wrong in the day you could just sit back and say, dude, I remember when the car broke down, dude, that sucked. But we had like the best memories. You were forced to have fun. You look back and then you smile and say, that was, those were the good old days. But you don't realize that they were the good old days until they're gone. So that's so what I'm saying. Stop trying to search for the happiness feelings and just say, you know what, this is part of life. I got to work through it. And the goal is what I'm trying to accomplish, whatever the goal is. So... With that, um, I will leave you with these thoughts to consider. And as always, you've been listening to that girl, Jenna Carasoa, on Anchor FM. I've been streaming live on my Facebook and my YouTube page. And I'm very grateful for you guys who have tuned in for listening. And if you're interested in some more content, um, I'll try to be here every single day. I just skip Sundays working towards putting up some more blogs, been a little bit behind tackling other projects, getting a little bit of um, new work experience in, but as always, very grateful for the opportunity to be here and share, and working on learning how to monetize, to be honest, because I would love to continue to do this and share with more audiences, and feel free to message me anytime. With that, I will leave you and take care and God's peace. Like I said, I truly hope you have a good day, evening, or night, whenever you take in this content and take care.